0: And welcome to the second episode of Teen Titan Wasteland, where we discuss the Teen Titans in all of their weird-ass glory. We are going to be looking at their second appearance back in The Brave and the Bold, number 60. My brother is outside reading the comics, so let me do a little synopsis for you. Synopsis. The Brave and the Bold, number 60, June 1965. Written by Bob Haney, drotted by Bruno Premiani. Teen Titan roll call, Robin Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, Aqualad. That's it. Some insane, allegedly teenage slang informs us that the town of Midville is strangely quiet. That's because they decided to let the teenagers run the town for the day. What a wonderful plan. The teens are happy, so naturally they have made signs. Many adults are skeptical as to the wisdom of this plan, especially as the new teen mayor, Tommy, is the son of a convicted felon. The teens do a great job of running the town for about ten minutes. Then a giant, boil-covered, disembodied hand starts ripping houses apart. That's what happens when you let teenagers run a town. This looks especially bad for Tommy, because his jailbird dad is a scientist who developed a formula that turned him into the separated man, which lets him send giant disembodied version of his body parts out to do his bidding. Also he just escaped from jail. Probably not a coincidence. Tommy takes decisive action and calls the Teen Titans, who, since the previous issue, have apparently become a team, named themselves the Teen Titans, been joined by Wonder Girl, whose first appearance is in this issue, and installed a hotline. They have been very busy between appearances. The Teen Titans get permission from, and disrespected by, their respective mentors. Wonder Girl's mom, who appears to be the queen of the Amazons, Hippolyta maybe? Says some sexist shit to her before she leaves, which seems really weird. Back in Midville, the local adults are pissed off at Tommy. They are about to attack him, I think, when he is saved by his gal pal Judy who shows up on a scooter and whisks him off to the local teen clubhouse where they have arranged to meet the teen titans and the rest of the local teens. This is why you need clubhouses. Tommy explains to those assembled that his dad was a good guy who wanted to use his giant body parts to help people don't we all? But taking the separated man formula had some kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type effect on him, and made him into a criminal menace. For some reason, Tommy thinks his dad isn't behind this shit, which is good enough for the Titans. Just then, Tommy's dad shows up, clinging to the side of a giant foot. The foot attacks the clubhouse, so Wonder Girl lassoes it and flings it away. Tommy's dad and all. Tommy figures that since his dad seemed to have all of his parts intact, that must mean he isn't the separated man after all. That's good enough for Wonder Girl because she thinks Tommy is dreamy. Robin drafts all of the local teens to get on their scooters, or go bikes, as Haney refers to them, lasso the giant hand, and drag it out of town. While they're doing that, a giant eyeball shows up downtown and starts crying fire on everything until Kid Flash uses his super speed to make it stop doing that, with science or something. Speaking of science, Tommy's dad shows back up, and this time he's carrying a syringe the size of a dolphin. He explains that when he went to prison, he snuck in a little bit of the separated man serum with him to experiment on. His evil cellmate Trask stole it and is the new separated man. Trask is wrecking the whole town looking for Tommy's dad's secret lab, where there's a bigger stash of the serum. Now Tommy's dad needs to find Trask and stab him in the heart with a giant syringe which is filled with antidote. He just needs to find Trask's torso. Good plan! But I've got some bad news, Tommy's dad. A giant disembodied ear has been listening in. Tommy and his teen pals play Beatles music real loud until the ear runs away. Wonder Girl fights a giant mouth and an eyeball while Kid Flash chases some giant feet around. Tommy's dad decides to tell Robin where his secret lab is for no particular reason. It is in an abandoned lighthouse. Of course it's in an abandoned lighthouse. Shockingly, another giant ear has overheard their conversation. Who knew they traveled in pairs? Trask assembles his whole giant body and starts wading through the ocean towards the lighthouse. Aqualad, finally having something to do, leads a team of whales and surfing teens in a headlong charge at the behemoth while Wonder Girl lassos his arms from the sky. While Trask is distracted by being pelted with teenage surfers, Robin swims underwater and stabs Trask in the heart with a giant syringe. Everyone surfs home and Tommy's dad goes back to jail. There is a general consensus that teens are the best. Hooray? End synopsis. All right, and uh, joining us again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Hey, everyone. It's Corey's birthday today. Wish him a happy birthday. Thank you. Corey, as a birthday present, just finished reading Teen Titans number 60. (laughs) Actually, not Teen Titans number 60. I'm sorry. Brave and the Bold number 60 featuring the Teen Titans. Well, what'd you think? Um, It was delightful, you know, I had missed them
1: since uh, I guess it was issue 54 in which I was first introduced to this rowdy bunch, and I was pleased to see the addition of a young woman onto their team. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good
0: call, although it's weird. So they kind of treated it as though Wonder Girl had been on the team all along. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the introduction of Wonder
1: Girl to the team? Well, I don't know so much about the introduction to the team, but... Um, they did go through the same routine of basically securing permission from all of their adult superhero right. counterparts before they could go fulfill the mission. And the way that uh, Wonder Woman basically gave her the send-off was to, you know, it, it's a
0: sign of the times, just still being in the 60s, I think. Uh, right? I do have to slightly correct you, because Wonder, Girl, Wonder Woman is standing in the background just waving, mm. and it's Wonder Girl's mom who gives her the send off oh. that I, and I, I think she's supposed to be Hippolyta, the queen of the Amazons. At she, least that's what it looked like. She's the one in the um, sort of toga. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's some weird sexist shit as she leaves. And it's <laughs> just like, bye wonder girl. Remember women are terrible. Yep. You're probably bad at everything. And yep. she's like, Oh mom, you're so stupid. Women are great. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but really I'm only paraphrasing slightly. Yep. Okay, what's weird about the introduction of Wonder Girl in this issue is... Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, on the cover of the issue, in the little head bubble that she appears in, she looks like she's shrooming or something. Like her eyes are huge and just like fully dilated and she just looks zonked as hell no man she's pinning
1: hard like that's a, <laughs> there's some serious like speed or something going okay, on. okay my
0: bad you're right because her pupils are tiny not enormous yeah um her eyes are enormous see this is why we bring my brother in. <laughs> so that he can tell us what drugs wonder woman appears to be on on the cover The other weird thing about Wonder Girl's inclusion in this is... Not only do they just kind of treat it as if... Um, was Wonder Girl... Was Wonder Girl on the team before? I don't remember. Probably. Eh. But they also forgot... Not only wasn't she with them on their last adventure... There was not until this issue a character named Wonder Girl. Mm. This is her first appearance in comic books. Ever. Yeah. And they just... It it really is just like, hey, is there a Wonder Girl? I don't know. Probably. Let's I forget. Let's just go as if there was. Mm-hmm. There's no introduction to her as a character. There's no origin story. There's no backstory to her. It's just like I just assume. Hey, there's like, Wonder Girl. Yeah,
1: always always been there.
0: Yep. There had been appearances of a Wonder Girl before, but it was Wonder Woman when she was a girl. Mm. And as Wonder Woman is appearing with her in this and it's in the timeline and everything that's clearly not the case here This is a new character named Wonder Girl, and it's her first time showing up and it really is just treated like I I Think there's probably a Wonder Girl. Okay Just put her in and she'll be exactly what you would assume Wonder Girl would be so about her powers she Am I wrong in that she can fly she certainly appears to be flying Yeah, whether or not Wonder Woman can fly has gone back and forth a bunch over time I think they had it for a while that she could control air currents, and so she could kind of glide slash fly, which is weird that they bothered giving her an invisible jet, but they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's Wonder Girl's deal. Also, I would just like to point out that on the cover, the cover art, in my opinion, is way better than the interior art. The cover art is by Nick Carty, and uh, this is his first time drawing the Teen Titans, and he becomes, I always viewed as kind of the definitive... Of this era, at least, Teen Titans artist, mm. he draws some beautiful teens, and that sounds way creepier than I mean it to. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Although, on the did, so he did the sort of side panel where it's got each of their faces. I'm not on sure the if he there. did the side panel. I know that he did the the main thing. I think the side panel is actually still Bruto Premiani's work because mm. that looks pretty consistent with the way he draws Robin, and the the main panel artwork looks. More like Nick Cardi's Mm. style. So, uh, about the villain. (laughs) Man, that is really strange. It's really high concept. So you drink this scientific formula, and it makes you grow enormous, and then you can send your body parts out separated to do different tasks, I guess. And also, you are pink and covered with boils. And a big jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah, it... Scientifically,
1: it turns you into a big jerk. And try as he might, the scientist who got locked up for creating this thing was unable to edit out that jerk molecule.
0: Oh, no. It, it's, it's probably bonded to the growth enzyme. Yeah. I don't want to get too scientific here. Right. But probably the jerk enzyme and the <laughs> super-powered molecules mm-hmm. are... Um, my guess would be covalently bonded? Uh, Because if it was ionic, you could totally separate that shit out. They're just sharing, Mm. or they're trading electrons, but Mm -hmm. with covalent, they're sharing electrons. Way more complicated. Uh, That's how science works, Corey. Yeah, those words are big. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I think, speaking of words, we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because Mm. I was delighted to note that once again in this issue, pretty much from the start, teenagers are carrying picket signs. Mm-hmm. With things that they like. The teens get to take over the government, and so their picket signs read... Was it teens the, the most? Uh, I believe it's government the most. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, Gov- government the most, and government is abbreviated in cool hip slang to G-O-V apostrophe T. Teen town for a day, and go teens go. Go. Mm. Which I think is carried by the teens, but that may actually be carried by the people who oppose the teens like go away. like, go teens, go.
1: <laughs> no, no, or it I
0: could do. be teenagers carrying it saying, go teens, go. Yeah, no, they're they're into it. They had a good turnout. and But there were people who were against them. And my favorite of right. which is the guy who says, uh, he, he's basically just saying that, yeah, Tommy's dad is a jailbird. And so we can't trust Tommy. But a lot of people that have gathered are just being like, eh, I don't care for teens. I don't think this is a good idea. One of whom is wearing a jacket that the back of which says standard, which I think is meant to be like he works for standard oil or he has a blue collar job of that type. Some Mm -hmm. company that says standard. Mm -hmm. But I choose to believe that he just bought a jacket that says standard on the back because he likes things just the way they are. That's right. I like things regular. Mm -hmm. I think he was probably looking for one that said regular. Mm -hmm. Also, the slang that they use is once again, in classic Bob Haney style, bonkers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to read some of it, describing the fact that the teen, the town is empty because the teens are all busy running the government. On the Midville Town Beach, the surfboards are racked up and dry. Nobody, quote, goofy foots, unquote, down the, quote, big green walls, end quote, of surf. At the Twist Parlor, no one rocks to the Watusi, the Swim, the Monkey, or the Frug. And at Howie's Honda Haven, the, quote, go bikes, end quote, stand with empty saddles. Where's all the action? Down at the Town Hall. Natch, not everyone in Midville digs the scene. So. Short for naturally. Oh, totally. I couldn't figure that out when I was reading it. Natch actually got used a lot. I don't know if it got used in actual slang, but it got used in comic book slang a lot. Mm. It was something that uh, across town from DC at Marvel, Stan Lee, mm. used the word Natch a lot. But yeah, the this, this slang in this issue is great. I love referring to Honda uh, Honda scooters, and they are never just called scooters. They are always Honda scooters or mm-hmm. go bikes or Hondas. I appreciate that because I have owned a few Honda go bikes <laughs> in my time i i have one right now it's a piece of shit it never runs properly but there's no way i i'm not calling it a go bike from now on the irony yeah the the slang's bizarre the villain is fucking weird as hell very it's a, a very high concept mm-hmm.
1: yeah the parts especially the my favorite thing about this villain is that you know, other than just being a real creep, he uses his disembodied eyes and ears to, like,
0: float around and spy on people and eavesdrop on them. It's crazy. And to cry fire on them. Yes. Which is, again, seems inconsistent with his power set. hmm I, yes. I think... Tears of fire. Bob Haney specifically just was like, well, and of course, every villain can make fire fall from the sky. Naturally. Like, right. if you control weather, you can make fire rain on you. And if you can grow your eye real big, you can cry fire on people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, fortunately, Kid Flash is able to use some kind of science to make the fire stop falling from the eyeballs.
1: Yeah, they didn't really explain that to my satisfaction. It was, um, he runs very quickly, and then that turns the fire into, um, like a lump of... Like lead, lead. basically. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, which happens that's one of the things i love about especially dc uh silver age comics there's this deification of science you use science to solve problems and it's science heroes and it's part of the whole like new Mm. frontier Mm. space race thing but also a complete lack of understanding of how science works other than just a few buzzwords maybe Mm -hmm. and just like well he did that with science and another one of
1: my favorite uh, scenes or panels in here is when the teens realize that they're being eavesdropped upon by one of these disembodied ears, uh-huh. and uh, their their method of scaring away that ear, which gets back also to the like the teens versus yeah, There's a generation. Thing. Gap, man. Yeah. It's maybe you can set the scene better than I, but they've all got every teen has a transistor radio. Well, it's yeah, like a Walkman of, yeah. Its, of its day. Oh, totally. And they're all tuned apparently to the same hip-hop station which i think I don't think it's a hip-hop
0: station Corey. hip <laughs> pop station. oh i'm sorry they're the same hip pop station okay yeah um <laughs> which, i was like you know, wow that would be something if they were tuned into a hip-hop station and yeah. yeah no that's
1: uh not what i said and sorry. so it's a beatles
0: oh yeah song, yeah it's just they... blasting beatles music at the and, ear and which it freaks the shit out of this ear. The and ear has like, to run away. The can't the it can't take it. Although only one of the ears runs away, they travel in packs, and the other one gets to. Mm. It makes no sense why the scientist decided he had to tell Robin in case anything happened where his secret lab was. Uh, he had to tell him because there was. Uh, you're right. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. No. No. I thought... He said, in case anything happens to me, you need to be able to tell people where my secret lab is. Why?
1: Yeah. Uh, for
0: no reason except for the ear, the other ear that apparently likes the Beatles, <laughs> gets, <laughs> gets to overhear what happens.
1: Yes. And because the ear, or rather the disembodied man himself, needs to get to that lab to get more of the go juice to make him continue to be the... The, the, the separated dis, the, excuse me the separated
0: man um, he, he does have disembodied parts though thank you so i guess it just had to happen yeah, it's kind as of a, a deus ex plot device yeah device one other thing that bothered me aqualad hugely underused in this issue mm. i guess they needed to make robin be the hero of it because he's the most recognizable character mm. but the fact that he saves the day by swimming underwater and holding his breath a long time to inject someone with a syringe yeah that seems. Seriously? You've got a dude on your team who can fucking breathe water. Mm-hmm. You don't send him to do that? I know. I he that does almost thought. nothing in this issue, and there's a fair amount of sea based adventure. Well, he does
1: summon a bunch of whales to make a reverse wave so that the teens and all of the towns <laughs> can teams fling their bodies at. On surfboards. <laughs> yes. Fling their bodies into the separated man. With such force right. that he is, that he is that momentarily he, distracted. He kind of runs away a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know, that wouldn't have been my first choice of, like, how do I attack a 100-foot-tall...
0: Why not just have the giant. whales fling themselves at him, rather than have the whales create some kind of a Rube Goldberg device that hurls... A green wall. ...non-powered team body. A bodies. reverse green wall. A reverse green wall. A reverse, probably, big green wall. Mm-hmm. How, like the kids always say That's when they're, they're riding go. goofy foot, which that I know crazy. that is a real thing, but that just means like left footed, right? Uh, it means right foot forward. Right foot forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Corey all- is a skateboard
1: man. That's- and- <laughs> <laughs> they call it the same thing in surfing. Too. Yes. Sidewalk surfing or just sea surfing. Sure. Sea surfing. <laughs> yeah, sea surfing. <laughs> That's what the kids call it. Right, right. Yeah, they're going out sea surfing. Yeah. There's a real Gulliver thing, too. Like, where did all these lassos and and ropes come from? Like... Wait, how is that a Gulliver... Oh,
0: because in Gulliver's Travels, where did they get all the rope and lassos? Well, also, like, so... um, I think in Gulliver's Travels, they probably had rope and lassos. They're a whole civilization. No. Did that bother you about Gulliver's Travels? No, so... Wonder Girl has the
1: lasso, which is, you know, kind of magical and she's super accurate with it. Right. Uses it to, like, kind of haul off some of these extremities. Right. Plus, she's got super strength. But then there's a scene where there's, like, 50 kids riding go bikes that all have lassos that are, like, towing away huge parts of this guy's body. And I was just like, where did they. Did she just
0: have a backpack full of. My guess is Robin probably had that. Ah. He. He. he's. He's got a bag of holding. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like his old man, or his right. mentor, I right. guess. Yeah, no, Batman's not his dad. Well, it's not until current issues that Robin is Batman's son. Mm. Good to know. And
1: it reminded me of Gulliver in the sense that it's like a, a bunch of like little people like using, using ropes, ropes to, to do some fight man.
0: a big person. Yes. Okay, I get that. <laughs> And I didn't care for it. <laughs> you're more of a modest proposal, man, if you're talking uh, Jonathan yeah. Swift. Yeah. There, there is uh, later a scene in a different comic where all the Teen Titans are eating Irish babies. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> that, that's what happens in a modest proposal. It's another Swift story. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. That doesn't really happen. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I didn't actually doubt you at it all. That is what
0: a classical education does for you. Yeah. Which I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Okay, so who is your favorite Teen Titan in this issue? My favorite Teen Titan in
1: this issue is uh, Wonder Girl. She just kicks kicks ass and has all those magic lassos and is like flying around and is super strong and um,
0: you know, she's it pretty cool. Doesn't listen to her sexist mom, the Queen of the
1: Amazons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, not at all.
1: She's a strong female character, and,
0: um, you know, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty great. I did like when she decided she had a crush on Tommy, and Mm -hmm. Tommy's girlfriend is just like, I don't care if she does have superpowers. If she doesn't stop making eyes at Tommy, I'm going to rip her ponytail off. Yeah, that seemed harsh. That's a nice, it's something that Haney, I I think, is going to continue to set up, Mm -hmm. because in the first issue, it's Kid Flash getting jealous of all the girls liking Aqualad. Mm Mm-hmm. This issue didn't seem like all the girls love Aqualad. And so Tommy is the, the son
1: of the scientist who is locked up for accidentally creating the separated man monster. Well, he created the monster on purpose. He didn't know it was a monster. He wanted to use it for good. Correct. And, and so his son, Tommy, the son of a jailbird, sure. is, is the teen that somehow becomes mayor of the town for a day. Yeah, because the, they decide to let the teens run things for a day and And so, the panel, and like when he's was' first sitting there at the desk, and he's like, "Oh, man, this is pretty heavy, like I don't know if I can handle it and uh, the character that we later find out is his girlfriend is like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's gonna be fine, and like gives him a kiss on the cheek and the way that it was drawn, I was like, "That's either like his mom, really or or his girlfriend because there's Some of the drawing of the the teens, you know, sort of like kind of
0: wavers back and forth between Between how adult and childlike they are. Yeah, it's that is something that happens with Premiani's art. Like Kid Flash looks like he's probably about 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. Robin consistently looks like he's about nine years old. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe they are different ages. It it doesn't there are huge differences between like what a 13 and an 18 year old look like. Mm -hmm. They're all even 19 year old. Mm -hmm. Could, Could be that they're 19. Yeah, I don't think true. they are. No, um, I was relieved anyway to find out that the
1: blonde—that that blonde was his girlfriend. girlfriend yes,
0: yeah. I was getting you're getting a little un- uncomfortable. out. Yeah, yeah. We'll do understandably so. Yeah, did we talk about the signs, the government, the most, and we did. Okay, good because mm-hmm. those were great, and I love that teenagers still make picket signs for every event. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit disappointed it didn't end with it, but I also did love that uh, everybody used the team clubhouse that they had as mm-hmm. a town. All the time. And you can see why Hatton Corners wanted to make a clubhouse. Yep. It's very
1: useful. Yep. No, it was a good sort of continuity of, you know, even though that this was set somewhere
0: else, it it had
1: a really kind of similar
0: start. It was. I mean, clearly, I I feel like this was supposed to be a West Coast town. There Mm. are some palm trees. Mm -hmm. Surfboards. Surfing. They really went whole hog with the let's let teens run the town for Teen Government Day. Mm -hmm. Like... It wasn't just a figurehead thing. It it was not just window dressing. They had teens directing traffic, and presumably teens were also filling other police roles. They were hauling garbage, cleaning statues. And really, for about ten minutes, they did a great
1: job. (laughs) Well, until Mr. Separated Man shows up, and of course that's the perfect opportunity for... The haters like the dude in the standard jacket. Right. (laughs) These kids are the worst. He just likes things
0: regular. I totally want a standard jacket now to go with my more chores, less play (laughs) t-shirt. It's a solid platform. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the brave and the bold number 60. Um, any other thoughts?
1: Um, I just hope that it continues in this vein of almost psychedelic weirdness. Yeah. And you know, kind of just these inexplicable, Things happening, really, for no other point than to drive the story forward. Right. And it's yeah.
0: enjoyable. It's great. It really, I, I will say, the separated man, a very high concept bad guy. And kind of a cool concept. Really never explains why he's covered in boils. It's, it's that. Uh, it's the covalent. Bonds. Oh, right. Covalent. Covalent bonds. If he was ionically bonded. No boils. Smooth skin. Like a baby. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Alright, well thank you once again for joining us And we will be back next week With, shit, I gotta look it up It's either a Showcase issue Which I think it is, or it might be the Teen Titans Number one I think that it's an issue of Showcase, but I gotta look up which one uh, But we will see you next week uh, You'll be back and join us, Corey? Of course Excellent. Bye Have fun And they knew it